0: Welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Joshua Rempel here with Dane Tony. Hello. And we're back for episode two in our nutrition series. Um, but first, just kind of give you a brief overview of what we've been up to. Why it's taken us so long to get another episode out?
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it started. Dane was coaching up in um, for Dirtastic. Some.
1: Yep. I had one camp up in Clancy, Montana, and then the following weekend I had one up in Coeur d'Alene. Um, so I was out doing that for about a week and a half, but that was super fun. Met a lot of cool ladies and, um, feel so lucky to have that opportunity. Shout out to dirt, tastic with Caitlin.
0: Yeah. Um, and then after that, we, last weekend we were up in Mont Drummond, Montana at the bare mouth extreme, uh, race mm-hmm. put on by XC Enduro, uh, Joe. Thank you, in- Joe. Yeah. It was an awesome race. Super fun. Um, Kind of a short, shorter course with just kind of as many laps as possible within a time frame. Uh, It was a blast. Great course, a lot of fun terrain. Mm -hmm. Um, So did that on Saturday, and then Sunday came back and on our way back, kind of making our way home, stopped off to do some riding. um, About half hour out from the truck on On the way back. On the way back Sunday evening, uh, coming around a. I think it was a right-hand corner. There was somebody had cut a, it was like a six inch tree uh, that somebody had cut off right at handlebar height on the inside corner, kind of hidden by a rock. And right there, the trail actually kind of dropped off as well, so as I was coming around, I saw it too late. I was kind of leaning and hugging the inside and tire kind of rolled over a rock, so it was already on its way down and cut my pinky, uh, fifth metatarsal bone between the edge of the stump and my handlebar crunched it felt it immediately, um, pulled over, looked at it. It was like not in the right shape, bleeding profusely. So luckily my buddy, um, had a first aid kit. So we wrapped it up, rode back to the truck, kind of did some preliminary examinations, realized it was kind of screwed. Um, yeah, kind of loaded up, went to e r Bozeman was yeah, closest
1: went, went to the e r and to just kind of see what we were working with um and it was actually a really good idea that we did because uh now that we've gone through the whole gamut of everything the there was a cut that went all the way down to the bone, and so that was really good that we got that flushed out and uh cleaned out, yeah,'
0: because there was chunks of bark and stuff in there
1: <laughs> there was definitely um debris debris in there so yeah spent the
0: so that was sunday so we got back monday and then kind of all of this week's been a whirlwind of doctors and um
1: went in for surgery on thursday
0: yeah so got four pins in the bone it was broken to six pieces um which
1: is funny because if you look at your pinky finger like it's literally the like if you not your fist knuckle Actually, the bone between your fist knuckle and then your first knuckle and your pinky, that little bone there was broken into six pieces, which just seems just so crazy. You literally, like, shattered it. Yeah. Um. And somehow they put all those six pieces back together, which just seems super crazy. But Yeah.
0: It was good to get it done right. I mean, from a future standpoint, right, the better um, this thing heals up, the less, hopefully, problems I'll have down the road. I mean, just from this... I'll probably have expect to have arthritis in my knuckle and stuff like that. But, um, whoops. Yeah, as long as it works and it curls and uncurls and I can hold a handlebar, <laughs> it's best case scenario. So,
1: yeah, so that's really put a little bit of a damper in um, our <laughs> start to summer. Uh, with that, unfortunately, Josh will not be racing Silver Mountain, which is here in a couple weeks. However, I will be, so we will actually both be there. Um, so, come find us. We'll have swag to be selling. Um, so, if you want a endure Method hat or shirt sure or whatever, um, come find us. Josh, Maybe Josh will be there. Man in the fort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be racing. And then uh, we had Donner on our radar, uh, which got moved um, to July. However, I think that's at like week five of his recovery. So, that one's probably... Be,
0: yeah, I think probably I get. Out. I think I get pins out in four weeks. Is what I was told.
1: Yeah, and then
0: you know, yeah. So
1: so might be questionable, um, but probably unlikely. Um, so yeah, great great start to the summer. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> well, we were just talking before the podcast, and we were talking about maybe we need to do a podcast on um, overcoming adversity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um
0: dealing with disappointment.
1: <laughs> how to deal with disappointment. Um, so, anyways, that's where we've been. Um, what we've been up to, and apologies for taking so long for this to get out. I mean, we recorded the first one, we're like, okay, next week we'll record the next one, and we've just been running around. Um, so, anyways, uh, our last uh podcast for the nutrition series, we talked about the basics of nutrition kind of gave you an idea of where to start. We talked a lot about quality of food. Um, and then in this episode, we're going to be talking more about quantity. So kind of diving a little bit more into the nitty gritty of how much you are consuming. Um, so in that first episode, we really encourage you to track if you were, if you wanted to change your nutrition, we encourage you to track what you're eating and, and find out what is going into your mouth. Um, So in this episode, we'll talk about how to break that knowledge down into um, and how to, uh, what would you say, how to better understand the quantity piece.
0: Well, yeah, quantity of each macro, right? right? So macros, macronutrients just refer to basically carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Um, There's also things called micronutrients, which are more like long vitamins and stuff like that, which are also very important, but we're not getting into that at all. Um, And just from like a body composition standpoint, macronutrients is where you want to spend your time.
1: Yep. So macronutrients are the components of food that the body uh, needs for energy. Um, And they also help maintain the body's structures and systems. Um, so macronutrients can be broken down into three things. We got the protein, fat, and carbs. So protein allows your body to grow, build, and repair tissues. Um, super important. It also helps prote- like maintain and protect your lean muscle mass, uh, or lean body mass, aka how much muscle you have. Um, when we get, then we have fat, uh, which allows you to store energy, it helps kind of cushion and protect our organs. They fats also help um, make certain hormones. Um, it helps absorb fat-soluble vitamins. Fun fact, um, the uber-popular and, and essential vitamin, vitamin D, uh, is actually a fat-soluble vitamin. So if you're taking vitamin D, make sure you're um, taking that with some fats, some healthy fats. Um, And that's kind of what fats are. There are three types. There are trans fats, saturated fats, and unsaturated fats. And then we go into carbohydrates, which is the third macronutrient. That's fiber, starches, and sugars um, are essential food nutrients that your body turns into glucose. That gives you energy to function. Boom. So that's what they are. That's what the three macronutrients are, um, and kind of why they matter.
0: Yeah. So when we're looking at, um, total calories, right. Calories are made up of the macronutrients. Um, and if you're trying to kind of assign values to those, you got four, four calories per gram of protein, then you got four calories per gram of carbohydrate, and then you got nine calories per gram of fat. So fat is a more dense, nutrient dense out of the three. Um, so when you're figuring out, when you're trying to kind of break down percentages or how much of each macronutrient you're eating, it's just, um, you need to make sure you got, the
1: got right, those numbers correct. Yeah, yeah. The right calculation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so starting out when um, talking about macros is, uh, you gotta find your total, uh, total number of calories you're basing your First. macros off of right. um, so there's a lot of um, calculators out there um, I would say you know any of most of them I will say any because I'm you know Google is very scary but um, most of them are probably pretty perfect um,
0: perfect in the sense they give you a rough estimate yeah, yeah. of starting spot not perfect in the sense that that's like sentence in stone number
1: yeah and they'll be all right. yeah so sorry not perfect but There there are great starting exactly you got to start somewhere yeah so one I use a lot is just healthyeater.com. dot com and when you go in there or any of these um, calorie defining tools you basically enter whether you're male female your height your weight and then your activity level Um, be really honest with your activity level you know. Some of them have more description than others, but, you know, it, for instance, I actually consider us fairly low activity level, even though we own a gym, it seems like a very active. Quote, yeah, quote, a little active. counterintuitive. Yeah, but we actually spend a lot of time at the desk. So really right. kind of being honest with yourself there. Um, you know, if you're working construction and you're a laborer, that's actually probably on the high end. Right. So if there's make sure to read the descriptions of that. Um, but that will help spit out a, uh, a starting number of calories for you to then um, make adjustments to whether you are looking to gain weight or lose weight.
0: Right. And what those essentially what those calculators are doing, they're just assigning a calorie number per pound of body weight. And again, it's just a baseline starting point. So you could and I don't necessarily use this as math, but just as an example, you know, a lower activity level might be 13 calories per pound of body weight, right? And you would just multiply that out and that would give you a starting point. And if you're on a higher activity level, maybe you're taking in 15 calories per pound of body weight, right? And you can do the math and that's probably somewhere between a difference of three to 500 calories, you know, depending on whether you're very active or not as active. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's just giving you a range that then you can use to start and see what happens, right? And so once you have that range and you have your calories and you're consistent with that for two weeks and you're checking on the scale and in the mirror, you're able to see, you know, maybe you've put on two pounds and you're like, oh, maybe my maintenance calories are a little bit lower, right, so you need to pull some off. Or if you're already losing weight and that's your goal, you're like, oh, cool, I'll just ride this out until I quit losing weight on the scale, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, Again, it's just a baseline. It's just a place, a reference point to start from. Um, but, and, and those formulas come from different people who've created them over the years. So there's a couple different names behind them. Um, but they're all relatively close.
1: Yeah, and, you know, pick one, start there, and um, give it a whirl. So you find your calories... And then from there you want to subtract if you're trying to lose weight, 200 to 500 calories, roughly. Yeah. And then if you're trying to gain weight, you're trying, you're or you're adding 200 to 500 calories.
0: Yep. And the, the the reason the main reason why you don't want to go over that is because if you let's, let's use an example of somebody who wants to put on some lean muscle mass, right? Um, so you're trying to gain weight. So you're trying to gain weight. So if that individual Starts just as a super high example. Let's say they just double their food intake. They're 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 not able to build muscle fast enough to keep up with the surplus, right? So you're going to end up adding body fat, which is readily easily done. Okay, so basically the food has to go and do something, and since it's not actually doing anything productive within the body, your body is just going to store it. it's going to get stored as body fat. So that's why you don't want to just make these massive jumps in either direction in deficit or, or gain, because, um, you want the, you want it to be productive and you want it to be productive in the sense of you want your body to be able to have the time to, to turn it into lean tissue, right. And apply it to where you're trying, um, rather than just throwing all these calories at it and then just getting it stored as body fat. Mm -hmm. And so same in the deficit, if you cut too many calories off, and there's also metabolic things that happen that could could not be good. But if you take too many calories away and you're trying to lose weight, your body's going to actually start cannibalizing its own muscle supply. Right. And the goal with all of this stuff is to maintain, increase lean body mass over time, not necessarily take it away. Mm -hmm. Um, and just from a health standpoint and longevity standpoint I think it's basically been determined now that the amount of lean muscle mass you carry as you age is a predictor of how long you're going to live so it's very important to to maintain and try and increase lean body muscle mass as you age Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so we've um calculated our total calories no now what
0: so in general you usually want to start with protein first so um and again there's different schools of thought on this but there you definitely want a certain amount per pound of body weight right and that on the low side and this i would say this would be on the really low side depends what books you read who you listen to um but 0.6 per gram per pound of body weight is on the low side. And then on the higher side, it's one gram per pound of body weight. And and you could even go up higher than that. Um, but unless you're maybe like a bodybuilder or power lifter or something where you're really trying to increase muscle mass or whatever, like one gram per pound of body weight is pretty, pretty high. And that's, that's pretty good. So like, actually that's kind of what I shoot for. Um, then if I'm a little lower, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, you know, I'm not stressing it at all, but living in that 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight usually is a good place to start with protein. And so how that would work is you would take, so for me, let's say 220 pounds, I would then multiply that by um, four, right? Because there's four calories per gram of protein, um, so that would be uh, 440, 880. So that would be 880 calories of protein, right? Mm-hmm. So then I would subtract that from my total calories and I would have, you know, a certain amount left. Now, the next two, right? So then you're figuring out fats and carbs. Um, this is, becomes very dependent on what works best for you. So maybe you're someone where fats, you know, you like a higher fat, lower carb diet, more like on the keto side. Um, And then, or you're a lower fat, higher carb person, right? Totally dependent on what you've experienced, how your body deals with this stuff, uh, how you, you know, what works best for you, your lifestyle, your energy levels, all those things. So, but you're just taking what's left over and then you're figuring out, usually you do fats next, figure out your fats, and then whatever's left is your carbs, right? Um, And you just got to remember that the fats are nine calories Mm -hmm. per gram, and carbs are four calories per gram. Very important when you're trying to figure that out, or you're going to get a lot of fats. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So that would be kind of how you break that down. Typically, those calculators we were talking about earlier will actually spit those numbers out for you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can just use that as a, as a starting point. Um, but why it's so important, right? We need protein to build and maintain lean muscle mass and we need an adequate amount to be able to do that. Um, and then from there, when you're talking about energy sources, fats, essentially your brain Mm -hmm. runs your brain, your organs, all those things. Um, so you need fats for just daily, just to be alive. Yep. And then you can think of carbs are basically for energy, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're more of a sedentary person, you maybe just need less carbs overall, right? Um, and if you're more active and going all the time, maybe you just you need to add in more carbs to be able to sustain that lifestyle. So um, just a, a real general way of thinking about it. That's kind of a good way to go about it.
1: Yeah, um, in my precision nutrition um, certification, they actually broke down um, macronutrients based on body type. Uh, I thought this was super interesting. Um, But there's three different body types. You have your mesomorph, your endomorph, and your ectomorph body type. And so mesomorph would be um, like kind of somebody that has always been really muscly, Um, pretty even weight from chest to thighs. Um, and just kind of like maybe broader shoulders. You kind know, of your
0: athletic build.
1: Yeah, kind of like your athletic build. I would definitely probably put Josh in this category. <laughs> um and in there they kind of prescribe more an equal percentage protein, carbs, and fat to that individual, that body type, not that individual, that body type. And then I thought it was interesting because then you have the ectomorph, which I believe is the tall and skinny. So like the people that are look like that are just rails, super thin. Um, normally the type of person that like eats as much as they want, but they can never seem to gain weight. All, I also call them hard gainers. Um, so they have a hard time gaining weight.
0: Typically like your endurance athlete kind of body type. Like
1: pretty... like my dad. Well,
0: yeah, I'm just I mean, just as an example, so you get a visual, <laughs> but, you know, um, not carrying any excess of body weight really, um, built to run.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm looking it up right now. Yep. The ectomorph is tall and skinny. The endomorph would be more kind of, uh, rounder around the hips. Um, so they tend to kind of hold on to weight easier. Um, I always kind of look at, refer to this to like, look back as what you were like as a kid, Were you kind of more like the doughier one (laughs) or like, were you just like, like super skinny in like a rail? Um, (laughs) endomorph, uh, is heavily muscled yet carrying extra body fat around the midsection. Um, so that's kind of what that looks like. Um, and they, so the endomorph, the one that's a little more quote unquote, doughier, they actually uh, encourage um, a lower carb, higher fat percentage. The actual percentages uh, would look like this, uh, 35% protein, 25% carbs, and then 40% fat. The mesomorph, like I was saying, was kind of like the, uh, they put them as uh, competitive bodybuilders, uh, heavyweight power lifters, uh, and just somebody that has a lot of muscle, I guess, um, they have, they like to say they have a moderate carbohydrate intolerance. So it be percentage wise, 30% protein, 40% carbs and 30% fat. Then we go to the ect- ectomorph. Um, these are the hard gainers. They typically have a fast metabolic rate, um, and they typically have a higher carbohydrate tolerance. So their breakdown actually comes to be 25% protein, 55% carbohydrate and 20% fat. So I thought that, I always think that's super interesting uh, breaking it down based on your body type and kind of your quote unquote uh, carbo, carbohydrate tolerance. Um, but, but what we're getting at is, you know, adjust what works for you in the end. And then above all, consistency is king. You have to actually give what you're trying a good, solid shot before making adjustments to see if it works or not. So like Josh had mentioned earlier, two weeks, you know, and that's two weeks of doing it straight. Not I do it for three days, have a cheat meal, and then continue on for another three days, have another cheat meal. Like it is two weeks, 14 days of doing it. I would say adhering almost 100%. Yeah, and that's
0: on the low side. I was just using that as like a baseline just to get started. Yeah, yeah, but
1: like two weeks and then in order to see where you end up and then making adjustments. So, you know, all this talk on macronutrients are great and people lose weight, get leaner, perform better. These are really awesome ways to dial all that in. But if you're not adhering to... The protocol and being honest with yourself as h- how much you're actually abiding by your macros, it they won't work.
0: Right. Yeah, and and with it, you know, counting macros is kind of a pain. Um, I do honestly think everybody should do it at least once because yeah. it gives you a new understanding of food and how much how much things are worth in a sense. Like you're gonna look at a Snickers bar different after you know that that's actually like two hours on the rower <laughs> to burn than you did before. Because, I mean, what's this nigger? 500 calories? 400? Somewhere in there? I have
1: no idea.
0: That, that's like 60 minutes on the rower at a pretty hard pace. Like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It sucks. And so when you actually go, oh, I can eat this in 20 seconds, and yet it takes me an hour of constant activity to burn... I don't know. It gives you new understanding of, of what you're eating and, and if I, you really need it.
1: I think the the main thing is understand like kind of what he's getting at, but understanding what you're eating and what your meals should be comprised of. If your meal is um, let's say gluten free pizza. <laughs> I say that just because I mean we may, we may have had that last night. There's the likelihood of what that pizza is comprised of, macronutrient-wise, is I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to guarantee, but I'm probably guessing that it's really high in carbs and really high in fats and really low in protein, because because a cheese pizza doesn't have much protein in it at all. There is protein in cheese, but there's also a ton of fat. Right. So like actually taking um, what you're eating and then conceptualizing it into carbs, fats, and proteins. And my biggest takeaway is always having protein be the beginning of my meal. So if I'm making a dinner, okay, I'm going to have that protein be my, my base, my, I don't know, my foundation. So chicken, we'll say. And then from there, um, sprinkle in the carbs and fats. I always, you know, vegetables are really high in carbs, not really high. They are mostly carbohydrates. So, but they're also very, um, nutri- nutrient dense and they also have a lot of fiber involved, which is also good for the body and helps digest, um, your food. So veggies are very good and kind of help add to your, um, carbohydrate sources. If you need more carbohydrates, uh, starches like potatoes, um, and then things like rice, um, like uh, and beans, beans actually can go carb and protein. But anyways, filling in that carbohydrate gap and then where your fats come in. What did you cook your protein in?
0: Right. And usually fats take care of themselves, in all yeah. honesty. If you're, if you're cooking your own food and hopefully with avocado or olive oil or something, um, right? But if you're sauteing vegetables, you don't really need to think about adding fats. You don't need right. to like add some butter, <laughs> right? Unless you're cooking in it. Um, cause that it's kind of just taken care of. Mm-hmm. So like Dane said, like I do the same, I think of protein first, that's mm-hmm. always a cornerstone of what I'm eating. So look at that. Um, again, chicken breast, great example, put that on a plate. Maybe I want broccoli. Okay. That'll take care of some veggies, green veggies. Um, I'm going to cook that in olive oil and that's basically a meal. Mm-hmm. Like, and then if maybe <clears throat> if you were active that day, you know, you throw some potatoes or yams or something in there or rice. Um, but that's it and, and that takes care of it and then you know the, the things that get snuck in that add up real quickly especially in the fats category you know you could sour cream with the potato or uh, butter with the potato and all of a sudden you're you know
1: but all all macronutrients and tracking and counting it does is really just bring awareness to your food and what it's Comprised of and, and, and like how far it goes. My favorite example is freaking peanut butter. I mean, I can eat a jar of peanut butter like it's nobody's business. However, if you look at the, <laughs> at the grams of fat within two tablespoons of peanut butter and how many calories are in that, I, I mean, you'll know real quick that you really have to be mindful of how much peanut butter you are either spooning out of the jar or putting on your toast or whatever you're using with it. But it really just helps um, kind of bring awareness to that. And you know two tablespoons of peanut butter, you know is is not a whole lot of food, but is super calorie calorically dense and has a ton of fat in it. so if you know if I'm allotted, say seventy grams of fat in my day, um, and I can knock out two tablespoons of peanut butter and get fifteen grams in a hot second. so right um in salad dressing is another one um that I've these are things that I've learned over the years but salad dressing is crazy I, so like you think you're being healthy eating a salad but if you soak your salad in dressing ranch <laughs> or whatever um the calories and the and specifically the amount of fat you get in that is can really add up um you know so we really like to kind of get our fats with our cooking oils and then also like things like avocados and nuts um, and things like that so tracking
0: but same with the nuts like you can overeat you can overeat nuts super fast mm-hmm. like throughout the day because if you're like oh it's a healthy snack but you're having four handfuls of nuts which the handful is probably bigger than a serving size anyways again you're at like 30 35 grams of fats just for a snack
1: mm-hmm. they
0: really didn't even do much for you because you were still eating your full meals after your snack anyway so like yeah it it brings awareness to, to how much food you're eating
1: yeah. and so we've done a lot of nutrition challenges at the gym and you know I think we've followed one protocol called renaissance periodization and it's basically macronutrients and then they break it down per meal um, it's like
0: how to count calories for dummies essentially
1: yeah and they, break, they put it in this really organized spreadsheet and I mean, everyone that, everyone that we have that followed it saw incredible results. Yep. But that's just the thing. It goes back to being consistent and goes back to adhering to your protocol, whatever that may be, um, and not straying away from it. Um, but the biggest takeaway all these all of these people got was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much basically most commonly is how much carbs and fat I eat and how little protein I eat. Yep. Very
0: and, common.
1: and like, what do I do? Like, what do I do for breakfast? I eat oatmeal. Okay, great. Oatmeal is a hundred percent carbs. So trying to make that protein, your foundation of your meals, and then build off of that. Um, so really kind of um, bringing light to that, um, whether you take it, you know, super far and start tracking everything in MyFitnessPal and make your grams and, you know, work on hitting that, um, or even if you just do it for a month, I think there's a ton of benefit to that.
0: Yeah. Uh, protein is by far the most under eaten macro and then Mm -hmm. fats and carbs are overeaten and carbs usually in the form of sugars. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other big part of that is protein. If you can get that dialed, helps with, um, feeling full feeling full right so
1: satiety 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 i think it's the word but it will
0: help you feel full longer Mm -hmm. and so you will not be as hungry in between meals so that's a that's a major part because part of if let's say you are someone who wants to lose weight you are gonna have to deal with a certain amount of being uncomfortable, right? You are going to be hungry. Um, you might have periods of low energy that come along with that, all those things. So that's part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And and knowing that going in just helps because it is going to happen at some point, right? And um, I mean, I remember, and look, I just want to clarify when I went and when I was on, this was back in like 2015, or 16, I think the first time I did RP, which is that In Renaissance Iraq. periodization. Uh, and I was on like month three, cut three. So I was, you know, way down on calories from my baseline because I was trying to lose weight. And, and this is what I mean by clarify is like, I wasn't even down to like super low. I was just down. Down, right? Like the people who are like cutting for a bodybuilding show or physique show or something, it's crazy what they got to put up with. But basically, I would wake up and I would think about food <laughs> until I went to sleep. Like, that's all I did. I'd be like, hey, I should go to the truck. I'm hungry. Hey, I need to walk. I'm hungry. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was just a constant battle of thinking about food. Um, and, and, you know, that's again, that's like what you're doing, that's part of the game. And so, You know, as soon as I quit dieting, that feeling went away, Um, and I- But
1: the lessons are still there.
0: Oh, for Mm -hmm. sure, but what I'm getting at is like, that's part of it, like Mm -hmm. you gotta just kind of mentally prepare Like, yeah, you're gonna be uncomfortable and you're gonna be hungry, but it's not the end of the world.
1: (laughs) I don't remember that exact quote on hunger. Do you remember that one from Ben Greenfield? It's like your hunger doesn't go away.
0: Well, it doesn't go away and it doesn't compound. I think that's the important part. So, like,
1: it doesn't get worse. Yeah,
0: it's not like a linear progression of hunger, right? So, if you're really hungry this second, your brain extrapolates out that you're going to be 10 times hungrier in 10 minutes. (laughs) Right, it's <laughs> just, just this is how it works, but it's not actually how the body works. Like you might even forget that you're hungry in ten minutes if you're active and you're doing something else, and it might come back. So, so if you're feeling like you're gonna die, you're not. <laughs> you're not gonna die, <laughs> and it'll get better. Um, but yeah, just sticking with the plan. So I think that's. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to go on macros?
1: No, I think um, I think we made it there at the end. Just. <laughs> You know, if you made it this far, the the cherry on top there.
0: Yeah, I think the important part is there's calculators out there on on the interwebs, right, that you can use, and uh, if that's something you're interested in, or hiring a professional to help you, you know, is always another a great shameless
1: option. plug is you know for Endura Method with our uh, premium option, you do get help with nutrition. So yeah, if you want. With if you want to work one on one with us, we do offer this, um, but it is um, in that upgraded plan. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you know, start, try it, let us know how it goes. Um. The next podcast we'll talk about um race nutrition and how to eat for a race or or just big days. Yeah. Or or big days on the bike and how we approach that. Um. So we'll be diving that into that on the next episode. Yep. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and hope you have some, some valuable knowledge bombs that you can take into your life. Um, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.